Hey everybody, this is episode 6 of Dark Pages Podcast. I'm your sick, beleaguered host, Gord. And I'm Justin. Neither sick nor beleaguered, but potentially in multiple places at once. talk about Sen's Fortress, source of immense frustration for many. This was the only point in the game where I thought, oh, maybe this is a thing. Maybe I'm not going to finish this game. Like, maybe this game is too hard for me. Hmm. Uh, the only point, it really in any of the games in this franchise, where I, where it was, I was like, what? How, how does a human do this? <laughs> and it was literally because of the, the very first trap challenge. As soon as I got past that, the rest of this place was super easy. I think you mean the second trap challenge. No, no, for me it was the first one. Yeah, the the uh, the tile that you step on that shoots darts into snake. That is bats. not a that, that's not a trap because it. Yeah, okay, so let's <laughs> let's talk about the the layout of this level, right? Yeah. This is you got to ring both bells. You get here. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it'll be still closed. Still closed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like you said, it's just, there's the room, there's a tile, and two two dudes with snake heads run at you. See, I don't think that that's a trap challenge. I think that that like is teaching you. It's it's the levels that I'm teaching. We're already into the the point of the podcast, right? Like, it's it's almost certainly going to just kill those two snake dudes, right? Or at least one of them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a safe the game teaching you that like this is a place with traps. And I think this is watch the what you're doing. first one of those that you see in the game. Yeah, that's why I think it does that in a safe in a safe a safe context. I mean, it could kill you, and then that's not safe. It could, but the odds of it doing that are very low. Hmm. The odds, uh, it almost always, at least in my experience, kills at least one of these snake men. You've got to lure them, though. So, a couple of things here. One is that it teaches you what to look out for. Uh, there are these very clear raised tiles. And the other is the timing. Uh, it's not immediate. You, you step on the thing, you've got time to move off of it and move away. Uh, I think I usually ran all the way back down the stairs, maybe rolled a couple of times, and was still safe. Instead of just one step to the side? Yeah, well, if you step to the side, then the, the snake men will, m might not uh, eat it. Uh, okay, that makes sense. I believe if you want to experiment a little bit, you can shoot it with an arrow, which will trigger the trap, uh, which huh. comes in useful later. Never did that. Did not even know that that was a thing. Uh, and you can also find out that uh, they take a little bit to fresh. So if there's a, a hallway, and there is a hallway later, with uh, three or four of them, and you can just shoot them all with arrows, they spend their ammo, and then you walk through casually. Oh, I believe that I uh, addressed that by just running through Indiana Jones <laughs> style, since there's a delay. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so yeah, this the, the thing right after this, with the, the first, like, your real introduction to Sens... With the narrow narrow catwalk over 
seemingly bottomless pit with enemies shooting at you and giant swinging scythes from the ceiling. This this catwalk was where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Hmm. Because I was able to run through it. But after after the blades, there's just that wizard standing on the <laughs> on the catwalk, and I kept trying to fight him and getting sniped and dying and falling and dying and falling and probably like this was the hardest part of the game for me. And then I realized you can just push past him. Like, you just, just keep running. Yep. Don't you just ignore him. And that is seriously the strategy for this entire place is just to run past everything. Yep. I guess for the entire game, really. Uh, you can't. But <laughs> you can't push past the guy who uh, is standing directly on the catwalk. But you can lure him forward, and this is oh, I did. another I, thing that you I, learned from that first room, which is that you can use the traps in your favor. I, I push past him all the time. How? You totally There's can. There's not even enough foot room there. Uh, there is. You can, you can walk around him very <laughs> carefully. You can, you can just run past him. Hmm. 100% of the time now when I'm playing this game, I just run right past him. I learned something it, too. So what happens, if you, uh, what happens if you fall down here? You don't die. You think you're going to die, but you don't die. I mean, maybe you'll die if your health is low and mm-hmm. you got hit by a blade and you take fall damage. Mm-hmm. But you probably won't die. But there are, there are Titanite demons down there. You'll you'll get killed. Yeah. Uh, they've uh, Unlike the last Titanite demon that you fought, these guys have a lot of space to move. And they will use that to their advantage. And they have a lot more health. And there are multiples. They're, they're beefier. Yeah, they'll gang up on you. And there's uh, if you're trying to get away, there's a long run where you're just slogging through a bunch of mud. Uh, and they can just... M- Nuke you from afar. Do you move more slowly down here or not? Is this does this count as like slow water? Is the water deep enough to hinder your movement? You know, it might just be my impression and the feeling of terror when I'm down there. Uh, I don't I'd, remember. I'd like to say that it does. You don't have the ring at this point for that, right? So uh, you could, but it's unlikely. Yeah, you probably don't. Anyway, so this is a dead end down there. Like you, you're trying to get back up yeah. to the the sweet bits. It's just penalty. I think that this. This area, uh, the the real fight begins here. The real Dark Souls begins here, right? Like this this opening room. At least for me, like I said, it was the hardest. But I think it's I think it's Sans Fortress's like opening salvo and also its strongest salvo in terms of trying to tell you that this place is gonna mess you up real good. What are you talking about? The in- inhabitants are kind. No, no, not 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 here. That's elsewhere. <laughs> That's for next episode. So yeah. Once, once you get past this, it's actually, like, really... This is a really, really linear, straightforward level. What do you do? You, like, loop around. There are more swinging blades. There are more swinging blades past that. <laughs> There's the, uh, the most excellent elevator. So you, you walk in. You do, the, you do the swinging blades. And then you do... Basically, you do three 90-degree turns. Or you turn left, and then you turn left again, and then you turn left again. And you're above the first catwalk. There's mm. a second... There's a there's a perpendicular catwalk above it with more blades. And then you hit the boulders after that perpendicular catwalk. Because the but right before the, the boulder roll, there is a side passage that is uh leads to like another catwalk where Big Cat Logan is, but that's all before the before the elevator. The boulder rolling is is interesting. It's basically just the the swinging blades again. It's a, it's a different articulation of the same thing, right? A timed difficulty. But the boulders are, are more interesting, I think, than the swinging blades, cause mm-hmm. you, because you, you can influence them. Yeah, eventually, you can. Uh, do they... Are they a thing that you could actually influence by, like, hitting them? I know that, like, if you get clo- The hitbox on them does not coincide with their model. 
<laughs> like, like if there is a boulder and it is not moving and you walk up to it, you'll get blown back and take damage, which is very funny. Oh, huh. I don't think I've ever seen one that wasn't moving. Hey, except for the one that you stand on. Yeah. I think the only two ways you can influence these things is by turning the big crank and by mm-hmm. killing the giant. Because uh, unlike most video games where there's just this uh, the tremendous amount of action and uh, uh, pulleys and cranks and gears and, and uh, traps coming from every direction that are not powered and not explained in-universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game, in Sense Fortress, there's literally a, a big old giant outside with a huge pile of boulders, and he is picking them up and putting them into, dropping them into a chute. And as these fall, they power the traps, and uh, there's a, a, a puzzle with them where you need to manipulate them. Yeah, although he, you can kill him, he mm-hmm. will respawn. Unlike most other giants in this game, he, he will come back. Only because he's necessary for continuing. If you killed him, you might miss using the boulders to blow a wall open that leads to more stuff. There's a spot where uh, you've got to wait for exactly the right amount of boulders to roll down one particular chute so that you can then change their direction and then go down that chute and just walk across the boulder. Yep. So, uh, are you thinking of the, it's the uh, Covetous Gold Serpent, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that boulder contraption, you will, like, you do, there's there's very little reason. I would recommend against killing the boulder giant. There are other giants that are very much worth killing mm-hmm. in this in this zone, but not that one. So, I think that what this this zone is trying to, to tell you is, like, hey, pay attention to your, to your environment, but in a very different way than the other pay attention to your environment lessons. Like, this is very much like, pay attention to your actual environment, hmm. not the way that the environment interacts with the mobs around it. Like, you know, mob could jump out, or like, this could be disguising something. This is literally like, almost all of the danger in this level is environmental. Yep, and it's stuff that is uh, broadcast to you. You can see it right. before it hits you. Almost all of it, yeah. Probably what is more likely is that you're going to get hit uh, 80 or 90 times before you get the timing right. For the boulders or for the, the blades? Just everything. Huh. I did not have any timing problems in this level. I just, I, all of my, like, the difficulty in this 100% for me came from the mobs. Hmm. Like, the snake dude on the bridge and then the fire giant up at the top that we'll get to. Timing was an issue since there are some 3D platforming segments where you're running across catwalks. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to know when you are supposed to stop. Uh, okay. Because you've got to have the camera going down so you can see your feet. Uh, but if it's down to your feet, you can't see the next scythe swing. Huh. I did not have. I just. I. I just kept the camera behind me and didn't have timing issues. Hmm. I wonder. The, do you. Do you play an instrument? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, maybe that's it. Like I. I. I did. Did you ever learn to walk without rhythm? No. I. Uh, that's why I attracted so many worms. Okay, well, there, that, that's your problem. <laughs> no, like, it's a depth perception thing. Like, you can't huh. see if you're in line for the next scythe, so you don't know when you have to stop. Yeah, I just, I, I was just able to do that intuitively. Hmm. I don't know. Huh, interesting. Yeah, no, like, I, there were, there were uh, probably a quarter of my deaths were either stopping too soon or too late and getting hit by a scythe. I think, or... I don't want to say I've literally never gotten hit by a scythe in here, but I think... I can't remember hmm. ever getting hit by one. Just to see what happens. The other ones were uh, deciding to just, you know, to, to heck with it and just 
dashing through and hoping that I didn't get hit. Which you can, I think you can do in a couple of places uh, if you're not overburdened uh, and you get the initial timing exactly right. Yeah, huh, interesting. So, little little past the, the boulder run, there's a, uh, there's a chest, right? Uh, you think it's a chest, hmm. but in reality, this is the first mimic in the game. And I think that that's why, like, that's, this is like the ultimate, like, pay attention to your surroundings <laughs> trick, right? Because if you, if you look at it, it's, it's breathing. It's, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a perfect copy. Uh, the chain is also different. Mm-hmm. You pr- almost certainly will not have ever paid attention to the direction of the <laughs> chain before now. Unless you played a lot of Myst. Myst. There's one part where you've got to flood a room and uh, the plug chain is either wrapped up uh, facing oh. one direction okay. or the other direction. I thought I thought that you were talking about Mimics and Myst and I was really confused. Oh, you, you didn't notice all of the Mimics in Myst? Yeah, there's like a... Is it a toggle switch mimic? Uh-huh. There's a book mimic. Okay. There's, a, there's an atris mimic. Uh, the the book mimic uh, trapped me inside of a place <laughs> called Dunny. <laughs> In Dark Souls, right? Like, mimics look like chests because they are explicitly people who fell to, like, the curse of avarice, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, they became so greedy. But I was thinking, like, more, more generally, are there, like, do mimics look like anything outside of when they're mimicking a thing? I guess this is also, like, and also, what's the difference between a, a mimic and a bogart? <laughs> they kind of, like, are the same, right? I, I don't think that Humphrey Bogart is a mimic. Have, have you looked between his legs to check? Uh, yes, yeah, to, to see which way his chain is facing. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Anyway, so, the mimic will chow down on you. It's also, uh, even if you don't notice that it's breathing, even if you don't notice that its chain is twisted, you may notice that it's it's uh, at, like, a weird angle. And there's just 50 uh, red soapstone messages. <sighs> okay. Sure. White soapstone messages. Green there are soapstone th- messages. You're thinking of bloodstains, maybe? Ha. Yep, that too. But it's it's at an angle, and no other chests in the game have been positioned off kilter in this way. Hmm. They're always they're always perfectly in line with whatever wall is there. Mm-hmm. So there are a there are at least three things to signal to you that something is wrong here, but you probably didn't notice any of them, right? Did you get eaten by this mimic, or did you notice? Oh, I, I definitely got eaten the first time. Okay, yeah. In fact, maybe even a few more times after that. The number of times that I've run a character through sands, and there are there are multiple chests in here. I imagine that I just ran into that room and thought. Chest. Yeah. Amazing chest ahead. It's really quite something. Yeah. So uh, immediately after this, uh, there's In the same room. Yeah, it's it's in the corner. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're opposite each other. And uh, the floor of the elevator is bloody. Yes. Uh, this is... Uh, I, don't, I don't think that you can shift the camera angle quite to the point where you can look directly up. No, you can't. But uh, uh, that, that blood is signaling something to you. If you step onto this elevator, it's going to bring you up. And it's going to stop on the floor you want to get off, and then it's going to start up again and uh, drive you right into a bunch of downward-pointing spikes. Not unlike the movie Speed. Yeah, like I said it's. I think it's sort of like. Um, I think this is sort of like a, an inverse Tower of Terror at Disneyland. Yeah, the part where they just murder you on one of the rides. Oh, I'd say instead of uh, dropping very suddenly, it ascends very suddenly and mm. 
in the narrative of the Tower of Terror, you, some people died, and in the narrative of this game, if you stay on it, you die. Hmm. It's just, it, it's, uh, and it does it in a jerking fashion because it has that stop and then rise again. Yeah. This is a thing that you'll die to once and then never again. And also <laughs> is just like a, this isn't, I would say that this is trying to teach you something, but this is a one-off. The game never does this ever again. This is just like a, a, a big old middle finger to you from the, hmm. from the level designer. Like, ha ha, yep. gotcha. And I mean, you know, the mimic was one of those. But the mimic is introducing a new enemy class that will reoccur for the rest of the game. Yep. And this is just a one-off. I don't know how I feel about that. Hmm. Like, things that... I I guess the platform here is bloody, right? And I guess you could deduce that this is a trap in some way. But given that you can't... You can't maneuver the camera up there, and this never reoccurs, it just feels like a, like a, cheap, a cheap death. And... So something that uh, Dark Souls gets compared to a lot is I want to be the guy, hmm. right? Because they're both hard, in quotes. This feels like a joke from I want to be the guy. And in that context, I think it would be very funny because that game is about doing, like, killing the player in a way that is funny. And that, like, this would be positioned as a joke. But this doesn't feel like it's positioned that way in this game. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. It feels incongruous with the rest of the design. I uh, I was lucky enough to notice the blood. Mm-hmm. I got off the elevator as soon as I could and then turned around and watched it. Uh, and from that point, from that perspective, you can see the spikes. And I thought, mm-hmm. uh, I felt pretty proud of myself. Yeah. I think if you, it, that has something to do with the way that you play games where like you'll, you would just like go up to the first floor, explore it. And then if you then come back and get out of the elevator again and go up to the next floor and explore the whole space, like you being methodical about it. Mm-hmm. But if you're a person who just doesn't play that way, you're going to die. What you're going to do is just expect it to go back down when you reach the top. Well, it, it didn't read as the top for me. Hmm. Like, there's there's empty space above you. So, not not that I died here, because I didn't, but I just don't, I'm not sure that I like it. Yeah, so you get to the, you take the elevator up, and you reach the boulder controller. Yeah. This lets you completely change the flow of boulders in this place. Uh, by ro- rotating a giant pillar. A couple of lizard mans that you can kill with it. I think there's only one. Mostly just asleep. for fun. He, he's asleep, and you roll a boulder on him. Yeah, there's another one just out in the... Uh, in a place that you can see but not reach, I think. Mm-hmm. And you can just watch, and the boulder will uh, eventually reach him and bowl him over. Yeah. There are walls that you can blow open to open shortcuts... You need, to, you need to blow open a wall to get to Logan, right? Uh, yes, uh, through the, the lizard man. Yeah, through that sleeping guy. Uh, there's a boulder that you need to drop into a, a hole. Mm-hmm. To fill a pit. Yep, and then walk across. This is not a... Di- like, this This could have been a really difficult puzzle sequence where you have to, like, continually rotate it to slowly open things, but it's just not that kind of game. Mm-hmm. Like, the... This is also a really unusual piece of environmental geography in that it fundamentally lets you change the layout of the level. And I don't think that there are any that they do this ever again, right? Like there are a few times where you change the environment, like uh when you drain when you drain out New Londo. Mm-hmm. But it's never you can't put it back. You can't put that water back. <laughs> this is a thing that just gives you control over the the way that the level is set up. At will. Yep. 
So, I don't know. I think that, I mean, this doesn't feel like it's a, it's a trap or cheating on the player anyway. I just think that it's, it's interesting that there are so many, like, level design ideas in Sens that don't seem to ever get replicated. Do the, are there are there these floor traps? Like, the swinging blades never come back. The boulders never come back. The boulder control obviously never comes back. And also the ability to control your environment. The weird one-off thing that I just complained about is in there. The firebombing giant is a one-off. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, are there are there later in the game other like step on this tile things? I don't remember. I don't think so. It almost feels like this was the the thing that they made first, just as a test. I know that's not true, but it's just got so much stuff in it that it's never you'll never ever see again. Yep. And it is sort of like a microcosm of Dark Souls in that way. It just shows you a thing, shows you how to overcome it, and then it never comes back. Because, but if you if you take this as a microcosm of the entire game, I think it works pretty well. Each individual sequence is telling you something new about how to get through this one area. Mm-hmm. I really like sounds a lot. And I like how it's just a, a big trap. It's a big trap hut. Uh, it's a tra- trap house? I think it's a tra- trap house. That's what they call it. Trap of the hut. There you go. But it's it's literally set up just like... trap is what it is. Well, it kind of is, right? It's to trap all the people who want to get to Anna Rolando. You uh, you solve a couple of things with this this boulder puzzle, mm-hmm. and then you get to the outdoors. Yeah, so this is like this the second half. There's a, there's a, a bonfire here, but it is hidden. You have to hmm. jump off of a ledge. I don't know how anybody found this originally. It looks like you're just gonna die. I know that an amount of people found this by mistake by rolling to dodge a firebomb and okay, that's. That. That's possible. But, like, you know, there, yeah. there might have been a handful of those. Yeah. There. So, but this is the only bonfire here, so it's the only checkpoint. And boy, is this an important checkpoint to have, because mm-hmm. you're probably going to die. There's a giant that is throwing firebombs down on you, and they will kill you, almost certainly. If this is your first playthrough, they will probably do 90% of your health. Yep. And they they uh, stagger you. It's, it's a rough, rough time. So, but this is, again, just a timing puzzle, right? Just like the boulders and the blades. Yep. I think it's a lot harder than the other two, because it's not... Those were very, like, clearly delineated hurt boxes, and it's not always clear how big the explosion is going to be, or where he's going to throw it. Yeah. There's some there's some weirdness there where it, it's not actually a sphere. Uh, yeah. So if you trick him into throwing at uh, the top of a landing... You can just run down four or five steps and be fine. Just with yeah. a whole bunch of fire inches above your head. There are there are like char marks on the ground to yep. indicate to the player where they are, but they're not precise. You think that you're out of it, and then you uh, step out onto a walkway and see some more char marks. And by this time, by this point, oh. you know what those mean. Yeah. You can take this guy out, and he will not respawn. I recommend poison arrows. Uh, I just walked up to him and hit him in the hit him in the face. Hmm, poison arrows, you can hit him uh, when you first see the firebombs. I did not have any archery at all. It takes like 90 minutes and you've got to really plan out your aiming. Yeah. I used, uh, I used sor- sorcery. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, and, but once you kill this guy, like, that's the end of the level, basically. Like, you, you just walk around, There's there are some, like, undead soldiers on the way up. They're not going to pose any threat to you, especially after the snake people. And you're and you're at the boss, right? 
But the boss is the first time that you'll be uh, fighting in an arena that is potentially hazardous to you. I guess that's not 100% sure. You could... Quill eggs makes... Yeah, she... Right, it's not inherent to the place, though. I guess you could, in theory, fall off the top of the the roof when you're fighting the Belfry Gargoyles, but it's Mm. not... That's not a hazard in the same way that you are constantly in danger of falling off. And this guy's got a a sweeping attack, which will knock you aside and probably off. This reminds me a lot of a boss from Demon's Souls. There are two... So Maneater... So you would think Maneater reminds me of Belfry Gargoyles, which we were just talking about, because there are, you know, it's a boss fight where you where you uh, start fighting one and then the second one comes down and they are they are gargoyles. That's what they are. But you fight it in a way where, unlike Belfry gargoyles, where you're probably not going to ever fall off, they are constantly trying to knock you off of a platform. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what this boss is. You can also knock him off. Yep. And that will just kill him. Uh, you can also summon Iron Tarkus. Yeah. He's not... He's not a hard boss, right? He's he very very slow telegraphs all of his attacks very obviously. But even if you know those, even yeah. if you know exactly what he's going to do, uh, you've got to execute perfectly and look far enough ahead that you're not going to be in a place where you can't escape. Is uh, right, or you can't roll because yeah, his his ability to control the area is incredibly high. Mm-hmm. So. And he can hit behind him. If he didn't get that bonfire, you are running through with the entirety of Sens. Again, yep. And this is why so many people uh, exhibit a mastery of Sens, because they've been through it so many times. Yep. I think, by far, that bonfire might be the most important bonfire in the game, uh, in terms of avoiding frustration. Either that one, or the one behind the invisible wall in in the forest. Yeah. Yeah. Those two. In terms of uh, most... Most hidden and most important. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, like, doing more the most work, it's clearly going to be, like, uh, the Undead Parish one or the one in Firelink. But, like, because that Parish one, that Parish bonfire, like, the very first one... Or not Parish bonfire, the, the Undead Bird bonfire. The one where you knock down the ladder once you get to the top. Yeah, serves as a serves as a hub for, like, a bunch of stuff into yeah. the end of the game. So, I don't... Well, I don't think that... This is the most workhorse of the bonfires, but I think it is one of the highest ranked bonfires in terms of bonfire bonfire hierarchy. Yeah, so that sends you uh you knock this guy off on your first sword swing, so he's completely trivial, <laughs> and then you you get carried away by the brain gar brain gargoyle. You get another jump scare. Brain demons to our next zone at Orlando, which trains you to believe that these guys are benevolent. So on our next episode, we'll talk about. At Orlando. Yeah, so that's the end of this episode then, I guess. That's uh, that's our tight 30 on Sens. So, next up, At Orlando, the, the seat of the gods. And then we'll get back to you with another episode as soon as we record the next episode. Yep. <laughs> if you like this, uh, please listen to our main podcast, Red Pages Podcast. All right, let's, how do we end these things? Uh, you and this lander one. Nope, wait, I've got it. <laughs> Push the letter button to write your reply. Oh, you know what? That wasn't speed. That was the first Mission Impossible. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. The first, the first Tom Cruise Mission Impossible.
Uh, it was like that sequence in Toy Story 2. <laughs> no, you 3 know. with the, the that one part. No, the Toy Story 2 literally has a scene where they're trapped in an elevator shaft fighting oh. the boss. Yeah, that is true. Fighting the evil Emperor Zerg. Uh, sworn broodmother of... <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> yeah. 